You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. The show. Oh. What is that, by the way? That's Whose a fan. Oh my god, why does no one know who this is? Is it Bill Nye the Science Guy? It is not. This is, okay, this is not the Before the After the you Show discussion. You don't know discussion. what this is, listener. I, the Before the After the Show discussion was, I'm hot, it's hot in here, but we're going to survive. But, as you were talking, I got this fan off of my desk. It's an old-fashioned fan I got at an antique shop. I've shown it to probably 50 people, and two people knew who it was. It's one of those where you put it up under your nose, as you can tell by my voice. And your face fills in the rest of the person's face. So you have the mouth and the, in this case, a bow tie. Now, I'm Bill just going to describe it to people. He's got very big, now this is probably from the 70s, okay? He's got really big teeth and a really big smile. He is white. And he has a big bow tie made out of a peanut. Now, I will tell you at the end of the show who that is. So remember, he's wearing a suit. With a peanut for a tie. He's got a big smile with big toothy, big toothy smile. Is it a president? He's got an American flag behind him. I'm only saying that because it's an American flag. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the rest of it, everyone should be able to figure out from my description. I have no bloody idea. Is I'll, it Margaret Thatcher? I'll tell you. No, he's not. <laughs> I'll tell you at the end of the show. Um, yes. I, yeah. It's a, I, have you, who else have you asked and they say they don't know? My mother. Should she know? Yes. Oh, my God. Every American should know who's over the age of, like, I don't know, 20. I have an excuse then. I don't know. <laughs> Correct. Um, so, it isn't Saturday, September the 17th. What really is it? It's the 14th <laughs> of September, Wednesday. We're actually recording a little bit early this week. This is after the show number 445. It only seems like yesterday when we did a podcast. It was very close. <laughs> it was like three days ago. <laughs> and um, we are a Blu-ray uh, slash movie review show. And we are reviewing a movie this week, as we do every week. 445 weeks. This one is The Jungle Book. It's the uh, new version of The Jungle Book, let's say. 2016 release. Released on Blu-ray on August the 30th, so you can pick it up Don't now. Don't forget, it's one of the new ones. There's two coming out, right? Very in the same. I thought the other one was... There was two of them. Tarzan. No, there was two Jungle Books as well. Was there? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, this is the Disney Jungle Book. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what's the other one? I thought it was just another Jungle Book. I have to look. Oh, yeah, I think there is, like Warner Brothers. Something to do with the rights of the book. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is the uh, Disney one, directed by John Favreau, that you will probably have heard about if you've not been living under a rock. One of, There's a rock in this movie, a famous one. <laughs> it's rated PG, and it's from our friends at Disney. You can get it now, like I said. Um, and Sidtalk will give you the synopsis of The Jungle Book. Do I have to? Or are you kidding me? You know, I don't think I... I have watched the cartoon. The original 1967 one, but not many times. Uh, probably when I was a nanny and they were watching, like, lots of cartoons. Um, well, um, it's a, a boy who's raised in the jungle by some wolves and a panther. And there's a tiger who's a dickhead. And there's a bear who likes to kind of sing and dance. And in this version, the bear is a little bit selfish, but he's still got a good heart. And then there's uh, what would be a big... Uh, my, mm, he's not an orangutan. He's a gigantic or something like that. Like the pre... Like an ancestor of 
What are they called? Orangutans? You know, I want to be like you. That guy. Is this a synopsis? <laughs> it sounds like, um, it's not a synopsis. It's like a play-by-play play of the whole movie. <laughs> well, it's the Jungle Book. It's a boy who lives in the jungle. Mowgli. Mowgli. I mean, um, that's it, really. Yeah, so the original... They didn't um, do like a big weird twist on it or anything. I've seen the original uh, lots of times because in England, Bank Holiday Monday used to be Disney movie on the TV, Disney movie day. And they used to alternate between The Jungle Book, Lady and the Tramp, and Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and Mary Poppins. Those were the ones that were always kind of... You, you knew they were going to be on somewhere, Easter or on a bank holiday. So The Jungle Book, I saw it so many times as a kid. I know the song's off by heart. I know the story. Based on the books by Rudyard Book by Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Kipling is we like um, down here. That's country. But uh, it, this version of the Jungle Book, this new version. Okay, so let me say, I'm a fan of John Favreau. I have been for a long time since Swingers, the first movie I believe I you saw. You really him. were. Yeah. Um, I really liked when he got the opportunity to make uh, Iron Man for Marvel and I knew that he would do a good job and he did because Iron Man is probably my favourite Marvel film and uh, The Jungle Book I don't believe I'd seen the trailer for this properly it doesn't. It didn't ring any bells so I looked at the cover when we were about to watch this and I was like oh Jungle Book live action with cartoon the, the cover makes it look like Zorn like they've put cartoons with, with a it's a drawing, like I was thinking. Kind oh, of, yeah. So I was thinking it was going to look like cartoons and people, like uh, bed knobs and broomsticks. So yeah, but we've seen the trailer. No, I don't think I saw it. I did. I might have seen the trailer for the other one. No, I've seen the one this that one, you mentioned because I remember this kid. But this one, I had no idea what kind of technical marvel this thing is. I didn't know it was going to be like that. So when it started, and I was like, okay, it's. It's CG animal. I see a CG animal, but not a, like a cartoon CG, like a realistic CG animal. And I see a jungle, and here's a, ki- a live kid. And then when it, he ran through the jungle and then came out, and it, his family of wolves were there, and loads of other animals. I was like, holy crap. I had like that moment when I watched Avatar, where I was like, I, this is like too... <laughs> there's too much of it. Like, it's so good. Like, you know? Like, it's... It's the kind of CG where they did it right. Like, it, it doesn't look stupid. It, I mean, it's not 100% flawless. You don't mistake them all for 100% animals. But it is It's technically amazing. I thought King Louie was absolutely... And the panther. I mean... And the fur on everybody. It's just... Remember when everybody like, got excited when they did um, Monsters? Inc. Yeah. yeah, Monsters, Inc., when they said, we can do now hundreds of hairs on his uh-huh. head. Now, that was an animated CG character, not, like, trying to look like... And they were really excited that they figured out how to make it all move and how to make it look like it was flowing around. And that was, what, 20 years ago? 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. And that was a really basic, you know, one character with a bunch of hair on him. And I remember watching the extras, and they were just like, wow, we've invented a technique and the programmers and the processing and all that stuff. And now imagine... This is a movie covered with hair. I mean, covered with fur. Yeah, we've seen um, CG animals between then and now. Like we saw Life of Pi, for instance, that had a CG tiger. 
But that tiger in, in Life of Pi, because Life of Pi was kind of surreal in a little way, yeah. it, it never looked 100%. It had a funny movements and stuff. The what, there's a scene in this, near the beginning, where all the animals are at the watering hole, and the camera's panning along, and it looks real. Like, it, yes. they all look real. Like, they're all in the frame. There's nothing to me that I, I, I would be like, if you show me that, a still picture of that, that's animals at a watering hole. It's not a CG movie. That's what it looks like. So I had a moment in this movie where I was like, holy crap, this is like a next level shit. Somebody, <laughs> somewhere, figured something out, and this is what it is. You know, this movie is the first movie to do that figured out. So I started watching, started watching, and I became less and less aware of it Exactly. Because it's a really interesting, exciting story, I found. Like, it's... It's straightforward. It's not a particularly um, complicated story or deep in it, really. It's like a lot of Disney movies, you know. There's a setup, there's a fun part in the middle, and then there's a face-off at the end. A lot of movies are like that. Yeah, every, like that. Yeah. every story is like that. Yeah. What else is there to tell a story about? If you said a boy walked through the jungle. Yeah. The end. You have to have the boy who has challenges in his life. He's a single little... Human boy out in the jungle being raised by wolves. That's challenging enough. But then you have the bad guy who's the tiger who's pissed off and, like, snotty about everything. And then you have the possibility of retribution or the possible Not retribution, but... Um, and not revenge, really, or anything, but get over that hump. And then, ta-da! The I, I always like the theme of, like, there's the people over there that he could go to, but... He is more attracted to his friends in the for- in the forest, not the people. The people seem, it seems dangerous. That doesn't it less it so does, than this. Yeah. So I always like that theme, and it, it, that shows up in this movie because there is the camp full of humans over there that he could go to, but um, when you look at them, they don't seem that friendly. I think it, it seems the bear in the forest seems more friendly, but um, this CG the snake seems more friendly. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a marvel. The whole thing. It, it looks. It's next level. That's the first thing I have to say about it. The second thing is the story. Because it's trying to be faithful to the original, and it is, but it's updating it as well. But also staying, like, suitable for kids. It's not super scary. Even though it is kind of intense towards the end, I like that too, because it makes it feel like a Disney movie still, to me. It's not like, oh, somebody made, a, you know, a version of a Disney film, but it's not Disney. Like that other Jungle Book, maybe. It's like it felt I Disney. don't see that on IMDb anymore. So maybe that was my a dream. But I'm pretty sure we saw something about two Jungle Books being made. Or maybe it just dropped off and never got finished or something. I do remember seeing um, Ben Kingsley on the Jonathan Ross show. And he was talking about his involvement in the Jungle Book. And Jonathan Ross said this one or the other he one. Did, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. so maybe that other one fell yeah. through. But um, this whole thing I really enjoyed. Um, I... I always kind of enjoy Disney cartoons. Some of them, I feel, occasionally, and some of the older ones, they're a bit. I'm a bit too old for them now. They kind of lose me a little bit. Like they're a, they're a bit too down talky. Yeah, I the older ones, like you know. But stuff like Zootopia, I lap it up. I love that kind of stuff. It's it's got a message. It's I fun. I think the old ones are not like what you think. They're pretty well, dark. Well, some some of the ones that I've seen when we've seen them remastered on Blu-ray, I just. I don't... When they say the classics, I say, yeah, the classics, but 
a kid of today would he love or yes. her love yes. Sleeping Beauty because you're not thinking about it the way you think about it when you're watching something for the first time and yes. say, so maybe it's my cynical I've seen lots of other things and they seem pretty basic to me but they're the same as this it's just not all flashy like you are you're very superficial well so no because I love Lady and the Tramp that is and that uh, they could do a live basic. action Lady and the Tramp now couldn't they it wouldn't be as good no, Seeing no, as they're no. doing live action, it stuff. would never be as good. Imagine it would just be cheap looking, even if it looked good. Yeah, well, this Jungle Book looks good. There's no doubt about it. It is some somebody, some technology. Um, I told you, there's certain films along the way where technology makes fil- makes a, that particular film better. Avatar, Terminator, Titanic. This one also is in my list of films where technology enabled something that 10 years ago you wouldn't have been able to do this correct at all like and the motion capture it's all motion captured the way the animals move just small details like where the little pups are just like licking themselves or or using the, the mother uses the paw to get them all in and stuff it's all thought about and they've looked at animals and how it all so i thought that was awesome the story and the the main kid who's in this Neely Sitley he's like an unknown actor who's never acted before and um, he what did you think of well I'm not going on to the cast but him um, you know he's the only human in this movie because I believe those humans that we see in the camp are not actually humans are they they're CG I think so yeah yeah because they, they're, they're very character the faces looked very well um, they're in silhouette though yeah but it to no, me, I, I think they were real. It looked like they might have been wearing masks or something to make them look more like the original cartoon. But um, anyway, the only talking human in this movie is this kid. And it would live or die, wouldn't it, by... Absolutely, and he's amazing. By whether this kid works. I mean, this kid's got a lot of stuff on his shoulders there. <laughs> Basically, well, he, he's acting against nothing. It's his first time acting. That's hard for um Not sure adults. if it was hard for him, though. No, I'm saying it's hard for adults. I hear loads of adult actors say, oh, I, I've not been in one of these type of movies, and they, you know, they have me looking at a tennis ball, or they have me, I'm supposed to imagine a monster's there, and it's a bit difficult. I don't... That's because they're grown-ups, and they've I can't get it. into the, you know, but it, like a kid... Any child should be able to immediately imagine everything, because a child can sit on this floor right here... And you give them two blocks of wood, and they'll sit there and imagine that they're building a city, and that's a monster, and there's a thing, and they see it all. I mean, I remember. I was very good at imagining that. My little mud pie, I was sitting on the counter of a restaurant, and people were there, and people were buying it. It was very easy to do. And what they did for this kid, instead of showing him tennis balls, which they, like, like I don't believe tennis balls are the best idea. <laughs> that, that was, tennis balls is an engineer's... Um, it's so just a way to get you to look at that. It's an engineer's yeah. solution to that issue, though, isn't it? It's like, oh, put a tennis ball on top of a rod. They can look at the tennis ball and pretend it's the face. Well, in this movie, they got Jim Henson's puppet shop to make puppet heads that the kid could look at. So he knows where the panther is. He knows where the bear is. And they actually move and talk. So that must help during the... But the, the way it was made, when you got... There's actual really good behind-the-scenes documentary on this thing that's an hour long. They show you, like, there's nothing. There's really nothing. <laughs> no. There's, like, there's, it's all green, blue screen. He's walking on just 
sponge and bits. That's of... actually the best way if you're a kid. Yeah. Because you're filling it all. I mean, and there's then nothing. He gets there's... to walk around to just walk around to the back uh, of the side of the camera, and they have the screens where the CG is already laid in with the C- yeah. like right on that the set. Technology, yeah. And you can go, whoa, look at that! It's like I can see him. You know, I think we that's first amazing. saw that technology on Peter Jackson's The Hobbit movies, where he said, "Oh, now we can like, just see how it looks immediately," yeah. and it was really rudimentary back then. But now it almost looks, you know, well, it doesn't look finished, but no. it looks like a video game version of the movie. Um, but, so what did you think? Uh, that, I know what I think. I think this is excellent. It's, I loved it. I, I um, didn't expect it to be as good as it is. I know John Favreau was in charge of it. I was like, oh, it's probably good. But wh- when the closing credits came up, I was like, really didn't... Don't forget, Alien vers- or Aliens and Cowboys. So. Yeah, but I thought, he did a hell of a job. It, it preserves... It feels like a Disney film. It's super high-tech. It's well-acted. Very... And the voice acting and the lip syncing, the whole thing. I was never once going, oh, that looks shitty. Oh, that looks shitty. Which I do a lot on uh, CG movies. I often think, uh, that's a bit weird. There was there was a part in this that just looked photo... Well, it, most of it looks photo real. But you know the part where there's a mudslide? Yes. And falling out? I was like, yes. It just looks like that is really happening. The camera moves, the whole thing. Like So it's really an impressive technical movie. I said to you, I think this might be up for an Oscar in the Oscars because... Technically, this is something else. It's been a while, though, so unfortunately a lot of those early releases don't always get caught up in the Oscar match. Yeah, but sometimes for, like, special effects, there's not many of them, like, on this level, you know? Guess I what mean, I smell? Smoke. There's not many of oh. them on this level, um, so... None some, that you know of, but then I don't I see mean, every like, movie. Like, the movie we're looking at next week, uh, Captain America, That that's, like, a big special effects movie, right? So... There are movies that have huge amounts of special effects. And this only just came out in summer. So what did you think of this uh, movie? I loved it. I said, I loved it. I loved it all. I was like, I didn't even know what we were watching. And then I was kind of like, uh... You know, I get my preconceived notions. Not sure. And then as it started, and that kid started, I was... I was in. Like, uh, I didn't even care. There were times when the CGI was not perfect. There were some weird animal movements occasionally. But because I was so in it, I didn't care. Yeah. Didn't I didn't care. I was, like, along for the ride. And there were lots of those moments of, like, you know, deep emotional connection. Even though it's just a story about a kid in the jungle. I felt like the characters, all of them were had a little bit differentness. Like, what's his name? The bad guy. He's really bad. He's actually just a selfish prick. You know, he's got a vendetta. Shere Khan. Yes. And the panther, we don't know why he's so noble and so good, but because we know nothing about him, but that's fine because he's just noble and good. And Bear Baloo is kind of like uh, pretty self-motivated, and we, we get the idea that he's very lazy. So he's trying to use this opportunity. Instead of seeing the kid as like, whoa, you know, something special or interesting until at a certain point he's just like oh i can use this kid and but still has a heart i mean yes yeah it's not but nobody's like blubbery emotional to me anyway i don't feel there like is, even that... the mother wolf is she's intense but she's not like it has that um, lion king slash bambi kind of feeling in parts doesn't it where they you all kind of, do yeah they it, all do bambi the, didn't invent it the lion king is another movie they could do in this style isn't it uh, he actually said he used the Lion King for a lot of his storyline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, now you can do the animals like this. You, the Lion True. King fits 100% True. with this. 
uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, so let's go on to the cast here. Neil Seethy plays Mowgli. He's Perfect. New... How old was he? Twelve. Can't remember what he, he said. said. No, he... it was ten when he started. Right. So eleven. Maybe twelve, 12 by the time it comes yeah. out. Um, yeah. He's never acted before. And, uh, Absolutely awesome. Every yeah. every smile, every gesture, you can tell he's a character in real life. You can just tell. He's just very lively, and but he can be really serious when he needs to and determined. The whole thing about him is, I'm so used, everybody's so used to Mowgli in the cartoon, you know, how he's drawn. This is the <laughs> this is it come to life. Yeah. I mean, just, it's, it's, it's exactly in my mind. But he's mind. not made up. No. He's just a kid who looks yeah. like Mowgli. You do the hair, and you put him in the diaper, like he says. He's a little diaper, and <laughs> yeah. uh, he is Mowgli. He's perfect, and his acting. Remember, when you're watching this, he ain't acting against anybody. Like Bill Murray's not there. He's doing pretending, his... just like every actor yeah. is. Yeah, but I mean, somebody's. The whole thing for him is pretending. Like it, there's nobody. There's Bill Murray's not stood there saying all the lines of the bear. But somebody's, somebody's there. Somebody's reading a script to him. I know, but you're overestimating the power of a child's imagination. You're overcomplicating it I just because think you're grown up. I just think he's very good because I think there are some kids who it's technically... Like they said, I was just reading a bit behind the scenes about him. Apparently he uh, got very disinterested a lot, like kids would. Yep. So what they did is he loves Bruno Mars, the... Uh, so, and he's got a song called Uptown Funk, that really dancey kind of number that came out last year. And he loves that song. So whenever it looked like he was draining of energy, they had a big sound system and they would play that song and immediately he would start dancing around and be back interested again. So and he, he's a kid, isn't he? You, gotta, you would have to motivate. And um, John Favreau said also in that trivia I was just reading that they broke the rules for kid how long kids were supposed to work. Really? Yeah, but not... They broke the rules. Instead of getting somebody, other kid, or an adult, to fill in, they did something legally to break the rules to let him actually work I mean, longer. he can do it, and his parents are all for right. it, and he's not being, like, working 20-hour days no. where he's not getting any sleep or any food or any... any kind of stimulation other than grown-ups just telling him what to do all day. And also, it looked pretty fun... Yeah, it did. It's like a kid playing all day, Lots and yeah, it can and... get boring and stuff. But I mean, I think it's up to the parents and the kid, and he's old enough. He's not like he's four years old, where he can't make the decision and say, look, I just can't do it anymore. As soon as the kid says that, depending on the circumstance, of course, if they're just bored and being a big baby, then you would try to figure that out. But I think that that should be open-ended, really. So it's, so it's not... I'm not as... talking about, like... <laughs> yeah. getting the whip out and having child labor again. I'm just saying, as far as being in a movie, if you're pretending and it's not like... Because the rules grueling, are pretty strict, aren't they? It's like you can work four hours and then you have to... Don't know what they are, but I know with babies... I know they're fairly strict, strict and um, it's kind of... It's often annoying for when they're making films because That's why they have to stick to it. There was a fake baby in American Sniper yeah, when exactly they shouldn't right. have been. Oh, it's terrible. I can't even watch <laughs> That's that That's such an awesome movie, that and yet scene. the fake baby is... You just want to be like, seriously, people? That, I'd like to see a compilation of weird <laughs> fake fake baby scenes, because there must be more than the American Sniper one. Like, a whole montage of that. Because it's so bad. Anyway. Um, uh, Ripley in Aliens, when she's carrying um, Newt. 
like re- yeah. rescuing her. She's obviously a doll. At one point, she's a grown woman. She's like a stunt woman, but then she's like one of those dolls. I mean, we watch just G- tell her we watch like- EastEnders on TV, British soap opera, and there's off not always, but there are sometimes, sometimes. fake babies in that dolls. You know, um, fake so, babies. <laughs> so the first uh, this kid is the only human actor in this movie. Everybody else I'm going to mention are doing voices, so it's almost like they're in a Pixar movie or whatever. They're just doing the voices. So Bill Murray is the perfect person to play Baloo. As soon as he opened his mouth, I was like... See, I was questioning you. I was saying, who is that, that snake? Who is that? And you... I thought it was Angelina Jolie at first. I immediately knew it was Scarlett Johansson. But then when Bill Murray opened his mouth, I was like... "Oh." And I didn't know who that was. Right, so. so... Bill Murray plays the bear Baloo. He's perfect. When he sings the thing, he puts his heart and soul into it, I felt like. He sings the oh, bare yeah. necessities while he's floating down the river. And when you think... The original Jungle Book was traditional. It was an animation, and then it would break into a song, like Frozen, do a whole song, and then go back to the animation, then there'd be a song, and then... Yeah. This isn't like that. They kind of subtly, but not so subtly, put the music in. Except this, for the one. There's two numbers in here. Bare Necessities and the one that Christopher Walken does. And that's not a song from the original. But um, It's in the original animation, yeah. I want to be like you. No, the other one. Well, the Christopher Walken one is not the... Um, I'd heard that one before. No, that was brand new. He wrote it for the thing. It showed you in the extra. Well, some of the words. Yeah. The song's the same, but he added new lyrics is all. Because the King he's a Louis gigantic song. The yeah. thickest or whatever it's called. Yeah. But the original, the... I Want to Be Like You is included in this movie, but not in a let's stop this movie and sing this song kind of way. It's just they're doing some stuff and he's singing it while he's going along with it. So True. I liked that, that it wasn't going for the typical Frozen kind of thing where this is a musical, so we need a song now. There's only two songs and they feel part of the movie. Um, but Bill Murray, did you like him as Blue? Do you like Bill Murray? Yes. Yeah, I did too. I think he can be a pompous ass, but I think that in... Far, far as doing voice work, he's professional. He's for sure. professional, and he's feels. kind of, and it, you know, he's he's a little up his own ass always, and so I feel like he thinks he knows how Baloo should sound, and it it worked. This Talking time. of up his own ass, King Ben Kingsley plays Bagheera. Up his own ass. Ben Kingsley, have you seen interviews with Ben Kingsley? He is very um, actor. Theatrical. Yeah, like who did we like just? Who did we see this week? John Malkovich. He's very much yes. like John Malkovich. John Malkovich has a certain. I don't know that he's. There's arrogant. a pomposity about There's him. There's a certain intel. The way he sat on that couch. This With his off, like this. his back was to Jonathan Ross, <laughs> and I think that his position. I could just tell <laughs> this pseudo intellectual bullshit about why would. Why would anyone have their guests sit with their back to the other guests? Is this some sort of like I'm superior? Because Jonathan Ross has it's yeah, a talk the, show. There's him a talk show, yeah. and a couch, and it is positioned in a way so the the newest guest who's talking to the host, their back is Looks almost always to the guests who are sitting next to them, and he immediately turned his front to the guests, and it looked over his shoulder to talk to yeah, Jonathan weird. Ross. And I was like, weird. Oh my god, are you making a statement? Like, get Thank over you, yourself. Like when a Madonna came out and made a comment immediately that they had made the couch so she was just a little bit shorter than Jonathan Ross. And I'm like, oh my God, get over <laughs> yourself, people. You're in movies. You're not curing diseases. But Ben Kingsley's awesome and the vo- his voice fits this panther. I actually thought for a second it was my man. You know, Jean-Luc Picard. Right. Yeah, <laughs> this similar type of voice, quick, aren't yeah. But Ben Kingsley played... I-, I love the panther, actually, the way it was... 
um, authoritative over Mowgli when Mowgli need you know he, he put Mowgli in his place a few times like you're a kid and I'm looking after you I've wrote you know raised you from a child like so listen to me I would like to see the movie of that yeah like why before yeah because why would he yeah why wouldn't he just eat the child do panthers eat meat yes they do so yes of course or why wouldn't he just go and toss it back to the humans or there something was, there's some kind of weird bond between them which we don't know but which could be explored I guess. But uh, yeah, Ben Kingsley, awesome. Idris Elba plays the bad guy, Shere Khan. This is this is an awesome scene where Shere Khan comes to the wolf place to to assert his dominance over them. Where he mm-hmm. and his little speech that he makes while he's pacing back and forth, it actually gave me chills. Me I was too. like, I'm scared of him. Like, I was scared. I my thing about this movie is I had genuine. This is a threatening situation. You have to take that bubble of belief and wrap it around you for a young child to have been able to grow up in the jungle. Well, he's not grown up, but to live for several years in the jungle without having a horrible disease and dying or something eating him or whatever. You know, you have to kind of get over that one. But then again, there are creatures that live in the jungle who live many, many years and aren't eaten or whatever. I'm just saying I had to get over that one. But then the real fear would hit me. There's a th- this guy, he's not a weak little foe. No. He's not a villain who's going to give up. He is focused and scary, and he's willing because he's the tiger to just kill them all. all of them, and I, yeah. I felt that like actually. You know when he actually says that line? Um, I don't know how many are gonna. Yeah. W- you're going to argue with me over this? Yeah. And how many? How of many you are gonna lives? Have to die? Like, yeah. yeah. How many lives is the man child worth? Yeah. So it. it He's he's good. Idris Elba's voice as well. It's very, you know, mm, like it's booming down the bottom. Yeah, it was perfect. I I loved him. And uh, but obviously, semi spoiler. I won't spoil it, but I'll say to you, semi spoiler. I didn't really like. I I knew that that you would be I your first like thought. Yeah. However, it seemed appropriate because we're introduced to the idea in the beginning and. Um, Mowgli learning how to use all of his skills. That's how he has survived in his jungle all these years. That by um, that guy, I keep forgetting his name. Shaka. No, the good one, the panther. Bagheera. By him teaching him things, he's learned to survive. And so we're introduced to this idea, as we are often in most movies and TV shows. Like, here's a little red flag. Later on, this is going to get used, and that's what he uses. And I felt like that. Made sense. And it might be in the book and it might be in the other movie. I do not remember. It's in the other movie. I knew you would immediately go, oh, come on. After all this, we're pulling a die hard. But it's still good. (laughs) I mean, I still really, it's a really exciting action sequence towards the end with the tree and the correct stuff. (laughs) Um, The tree and the Lupita Nyongo. That's totally butchered, but she plays Rakisha. Really good voice. She's going to be in the new Rogue One, actually. She's um, a really good voice. Like, I was really... I felt like the love, and she's the, she's the female wolf who raised him. She won the Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. She's that lady, if you don't know who she is. And, and yeah. for you to watch, like, this animated wolf woman, female wolf, to have a heart. And, of course, they put a tear in her eye, but the shaky in her voice and the, like, authoritative voice... I mean, she's a wolf. She has to be, like, tough. But, but also a mother. Lo- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I felt that, actually, that how she cared for them. Like, and how... Yeah. How the little ones, which was so cute, actually. 
And again, that makes you realize in the jungle, in the wild, in nature, that's how any species keeps going is because they understand how to protect their, well, most of them, I don't know about every animal, but I mean, because you wonder sometimes in the jungle, how the hell does anything live that isn't a tiger or a lion or wherever, whoever's in the jungle who's the biggest and the baddest? How come everybody else just doesn't die? And the thing where the elephants come through the jungle and uh, the... I was actually like, I wanted to bow down myself. Yeah, the, 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 the way the... And it's real. This, this is not like... I was thinking, oh, no, it's Disney. Disney stuff they're doing. No, it's not. Because we've seen documentaries of, of real elephants where the mother and the father elephants um, like yeah. pet the, the babies, don't they? With, yep. the, with the trunk like, hey, we're here. Come you. on. Scoot along, yeah. Which is, it's just what we do as humans. And a lot of animals do that, right? The wolves do it with the, you see that part where the wolf, where the little wolf was coming past and she just pulls him to her, like, there's a lot of that in nature, obviously. But uh, with the elephants. Or or nothing would survive. When the elephants, why don't the elephants talk? (laughs) Everything talks. said in that extras thing or whatever in the trivia that the elephants and the other, all the other monkeys are the only two animals that we see who don't talk. Right. But the elephants just seem so elegant and like, the, he they, says, they don't need he says about the elephants that they created everything. Yeah, but also, like when he saw the little, I think it was a hyena or something, and it had a, he said to it, do you have a do language? Do you have a language, yeah. So maybe there's just a different, because everyone else speaks English, yes, surprisingly, even though do. we're in the Indian jungle, jungle of India. Uh, <laughs> for the purposes of commerciality, but imagine you can watch it. I'm sure in any language now with people. You, know, you could change over. the language actually on this Blu-ray. There's several languages. Sure. You could listen to it in Indian. Um, Indian. Indian. That's Do you think that's the name of the language? Well, Hindi. <laughs> there's I think several. there's a few hundred languages in India. Uh, for the purposes of Americanization, <laughs> Indian. <laughs> Um, Scarlett Johansson plays Ka. She's the, if you remember the original movie, um, the snake was, everybody was played by a man in the original movie. And the snake was, and the snake was more, it was a, goofy. But it if was you've charming. You looked in uh, its eyes. Robin Hood, the cartoon. Yeah, the snake like is exactly the same. It's yes. like whoever drew the snake from Robin Hood drew the snake from the original. And he's just goofy and like, well, But also look into your eyes and you will like, oh. And that's exactly what the one in Robin Hood does. He hypnotizes you. And well, Scarlett one, Johansson's one is very seductive. She's just kind of, she's yeah. talking to you while she's actually trying Gonna to kill eat you. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I liked her, but a very think. small it's a very small sequence, isn't it? She doesn't really get much to do. Like it's I mean it's a couple of minutes at the most. But I yeah, it was good. I thought it was Angelina Jolie, so it good could work, have been Angelina. and that would have worked too. <laughs> Christopher Walken finally plays King Louis. What is King Louis? King Louis is the gigantopicus. I didn't know that was a real thing. Didn't either, but they did their research because they looked into it and orangutans were not in India. Mm-mm. Or have never been found any remains of them of any kind, apparently, in the jungles. So they looked back and found that in India, or the, the landmass that is India now, has they have found bone fragments and teeth that they've you know decided is a ancient species of like orangutan. pre orangutan, yeah. and they are giant. They it showed a little image of it on the science thing I was just looking at, where it's like literally is twice giant, as high giant. as a man. Yeah. Now, who knows? But. Who knows? But it was a <laughs> cool way of bringing it in. It's very powerful. Yeah. 
And I was like, I am afraid of this guy. I know it's Christopher Walken and he's a nutbag, but I'm afraid of afraid, this guy. But also I felt like he might have had some charm in the, before he went and did the, you know, like he's, they try, they're doing this Apocalypse Even Now. Even Favreau, yeah, said yeah. that Apocalypse Now, the but guy. But before that, Marlon he might Brando, have been charming. Because the thing about Marlon Brando is, in the Apocalypse Now, he goes to the jungle, Vietnam War, he's sick of all the killing, and yet then he gets all weirded out. And because he's, like, the only American, uh, Caucasian, powerful person, I guess, in that jungle, all of a sudden he's elevated. Like And everyone king. sort of worships him, and they obviously he murders people, and they chop people's heads off, and it's horrible. Horrible, horrible. And as soon as we zoom in, and he's in the dark in this, you know, Mr. Yeah, Walken, scene, isn't he's it? rubbing his head, and it's like, so... What are you doing here? And you're like, he's crazy. He's crazy. Walk away. Walk away. And they do the they do the very famous like leave the face in blackness until he yeah, reveals himself. Yeah, he comes out. Yeah. I mean, it looked the eyes. I was like hypnotized by his eyes. And it was Walken's amazing. Performance is good too. Very good. I mean, it's like it's not too nutbaggy, but it's because right he's there. easy. It's easy for him to go overboard, isn't it? I mean, you he can go crazy. <laughs> um, but he reined it in. It wasn't. He was doing this character instead of doing crazy Christopher Walken. It's like Nicolas Cage. He goes a bit too far sometimes. <laughs> if he reigns it in, like leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, Chris, Nicolas Cage is a good example. Leaving Las Vegas where he's not being the crazy man. Or weatherman. But, uh, what's the one where is the, the con men? The really, the Matchstick Men. Where he's slightly nutty, but. Not bad. Yeah, but then when he's really nutty, like when he goes really out there. It's just weird, like. But yeah, um, Christopher Walken holds it together, and it's just really good. So is this really is directed good. by John Favreau. I think that John Favreau, because we're on the subject now, I think he's very, he's domineering, but in a way that makes everybody feel like he's the leader of the team, he knows what he's talking about, and yet I think that he's, you know, a lot of people say the director let me do this and let me have these ideas. I don't get that feeling. I feel like he has a vision of what every single thing is going to be. And in the process, they all end up still liking to work with him because he turns it around so that you think <laughs> you're contributing when, in fact, you're doing exactly what he wants. You can tell when he's him, on the set that he's yeah. very in charge. Like, yeah, he's standing he's, next to Bill I'm Murray. Yeah. You can, they had a little extra in there showing him, talking to him. And you know you can tell Bill Murray's kind of like trying to do some input. And Favreau's like, well, let's just let's just do it. Let's just try this one more time. Let's just try this one more time. You like, know, like... <laughs> like the improv kind of thing that you might be doing in there. That's not what I want. I think he moment. works on the fly a little bit. So if he yeah. has a better idea or something, he'll go with it. But the thing is about this, they would have already done all of the photography and the animation. So if you're doing anything audio... like voiceover, you can't go off script much, because they already have the image. Yeah, true. The mouth, I mean, I'm sure they can edit it, but who wants to after you've done all the processing and everything, but I think that's part of why. But I feel like he's very controlling, but in that hey, everybody, we're making an awesome thing, and I want everybody to love it as much as me, kind of way, and everybody just sort of falls in line. Yeah, and um, I like that he got muddy and wet and everything with the kid. Working with the kid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's obviously what he to get the most out of the kid, be really friendly with him, like not make him have a shitty time on the yeah, set. Make him feel good. Yeah. yeah. And he has kids, so he's like, I think his mind was, if I make this out so this kid laughs at me and then I need him to laugh? Yeah, that's what it looks like. And there's around, a moment but... in the, when he's when the kid is riding on Baloo's belly down the river <laughs> yeah. and Baloo spits a load of water at him 
And you can see the surprise in the kid's face in the movie. It's obvi- It obviously was not going... Did you immediately yeah, think Favreau was the one I immediately thought they've Favreau spat water in his face. Me too, me too. And uh, you can tell in the movie that the kid... No way did the kid expect it, because he even laughs a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think John Favreau got a good performance out of him. And I think, technically... I know John Favreau doesn't do any of the technical stuff. No, but... But his DP does, and it's a collaboration. But I think a lot of people could say, like a lot of people say about Transformers movies, well, it's just all for the commercial aspect and Favreau knows how to play the audience. And that's true. Iron Man is 100% low common denominator. There's nothing fancy about the ideas or uplifting or world changing. Your world doesn't, you don't go like, oh, I'm, I'm changed by the story of this movie. He knows how to give you a show and give you an experience. And I think that is a, to his credit. He never lets up on that. Now, again, we have cowboys and aliens, but still. Yeah, true. <laughs> it was ambitious, and I don't know the circumstances, but I don't think it turned out as well as it should could have for uh, some other reasons. I'm, I'm not giving him no, an excuse. No, it was but... fun, though. That was a fun movie. It was just... Poorly executed. Everybody knew. In fact, I've watched a thing about it afterwards that maybe this won't work. It's a comic book that was really popular when it came out, but... Yeah, but... That's not that's no. not reason either. No, it, it could be amazing. Um, but anyway, John Favreau did Iron Man, Cowboys and Aliens, Elf, which is one of the best of the Christmas best. movies ever. It's on made. my list every year now. Uh, and Chef, which was an excellent. You know, what I'm thinking of right now is Elf. What's his name in the movie? Elf. No, Calvin. No, what do they call him? Because his name had Calvin Klein in his underpants. No, that was sorry. That's Back to the Future. They call what they call Buddy. Right. Because his, his diapers yeah. had Buddy on him. Buddy uh, is in the city, and <laughs> Papa Elf told him, never, ever chew gum yeah. off the sidewalk. Side and he's there picking gum off of the rail off at the, the subway. Rail. And I was like, I'm always gaggy. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I can just imagine Will Ferrell being a Tom Green kind of a guy and going, screw it. I'm just going to get the real stuff and anyway, eat it. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chef was the last John Favreau directed movie we saw. Which and started. Was a really nice movie. It was... um. Fun. Yep. If you like food, it was a foodie's dream, wasn't it? It kept it showed you so much food, you made you were hungry when it finished. But it was a nice story about some what would you call it? like entrepreneurs really uh, down get fired from a job. Well, kind of over romanticized. Make, make it a all. food truck. Yeah, and very romantic. <laughs> but it, but it was a good. It was a really nice. I felt happy all the time watching it. It wasn't like a downer at all. Um, so I think John Favreau's good. Um, and I do like it when he directs big movies like this. Obviously, he did a good job here. Uh, there are extras on this Blu-ray. There are the Jungle Book Reimagined, which is like an hour-long documentary. Good? Yeah, it was good. Lots of input from John Favreau. He's like, he's basically having coffee with the two producers. And then he goes into, as they do on all of these kind of documentaries, they cover each part. Special effects, sound, music, actors... That much of a costume. The only costume in the whole movie is his diaper. True. Which this the crew called his loincloth, and he kind of shrugged and says, "But it's a diaper." And then the grown-ups behind the camera are laughing at him because he's doing it. And he's like, "Why are you laughing?" And they're just like, "Because you know, we tried to call it a loincloth, like for a little bit of dignity." He's like, "It's just a diaper. It's a red diaper." Second, uh, yeah. So that is a really good extra if you like to see how this was made. It shows you how it was made. No, it shows everything I wanted answered was answered in that. Because John Favreau likes doing extras. I've, he wants you to understand his movies. So, it's good. 
There's a one called I Am Mowgli, which concentrates on the boy, Neith, Neil. Um, and it's got some fun moments on set. Shows you what he has to do, like walking over sponge blocks, and he had to learn a bit of parkour, funnily <laughs> enough. Um, there's King Louis Temple, layer by layer, which is a look at the how they did the I Want to Be Like You sequence. And there's an audio commentary with uh, John Favreau, which I haven't listened to yet, but I will, because John Favreau is one of my favorite people to listen to doing audio commentaries. And when he's on his own, there's no other people to bug him. Just him. He will be insanely technical. He will go... Sometimes you don't know what he's saying because you're not in the movie industry, but right. you're like, yeah, I, I love that sort of stuff. So, um, conclusion on The Jungle Book. I feel like we've had a good run of movies recently. Yep. Like, all good movies. Started out bad, remember? Beginning of the year. Yeah. Now we're, we're coming into the third quarter here. Yep. Fourth quarter, almost. I'm saying we've improved. The scale of movies has been like... That's some good stuff. So, what do you say for this one? Loved it. Yeah, really good. I would actually watch it again. Yes, I would. It's it's a. I hate to say when you say it was a classic or whatever, but... I didn't say it. You said it. They said it a little bit on the thing, like they wanted to make theirs a classic. It's kind of cheesy to say that you've made a classic when the original was a classic. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, really? I mean, the original's still watchable to this day. Sure. So... I think this will be, and you know, it's so up to date, it's, you know, I'm sure there are some kids, lots of kids, who this is their introduction to the jungle, but not the other one. So, um, yeah, I I think it's excellent, technically. I love anything like that where it's technically amazing too. So, uh, yeah, it was right up my alley. Highly recommended. So, uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to com. You can win something. Next week's Blu-ray review, continuing on the uh, possibly good movie trip. Is a Captain America Civil War. You know me and Marvel. <laughs> yep. You and Marvel are like this. Yeah. You're good so, buddies. So I can't wait to see that one. The Return of Spider-Man. Do you read your Marvel Encyclopedia, I got you? I read it quite a lot. Do you? Yeah. Notice, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Whenever whenever I have a question about a Marvel character that's cropping up, sometimes they go, Hey, Red Jade Man is coming into this new... And I'm like, I've never heard of that. I go to that book Instead and I look it up. Instead of looking it up. And they're always in that book. You don't no, look it up on Google. No, I always look them in that book because it has everything. I haven't found anything that I didn't want to know. In Let that. me ask you this. Do you read it on the toilet or do you just sit on no, the couch? No, never. Just on the couch. <laughs> it's a big coffee table book. Really it big, hefty it is big. book. Yeah. I got you Star Wars and that. But the uh, Marvel... What is it? It's the complete Marvel encyclopedia. If you uh, are on... The, you know, if you like the Marvel stuff like I do, but there's, there's occasions where they mention a character and you're like, I have no freaking idea. I've never heard of that character. Ant-Man was a, was a prime example. I had never heard of Ant-Man. I didn't even know what his deal was. In in there, it tells you all about him. It tells you what comic he appeared in first, what series he did. It tells you his backstory. Might be a bit spoilery if you um, don't want the movie yeah. spoiled, but there's a lot of information. Or the whole of the universe that they're making now into TV shows and whatnot. Yeah. So movie recommendations this week. At this point in the show, we always recommend some movies. I base them on the movie we're watching this week. So here are mine. Elf. Of course. Elf, like Love Actually, I can always watch it at Christmas. It's so fun. It's never not going to be fun, right? No. And my other one is a John Favreau movie, Swingers, with Vince Vaughn from back in the day. Really a long time ago. I don't know if it'd be as good now. It is a... It's going to be one of those It also had a itself. sequel, didn't it? Like a, it? There was another one a bit later on. Mm-hmm. Wasn't as good. But it, it's money. I would say. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, excellent movie, Swingers. Those are the only two? 
Yeah, I only have two. Two recommendations? Two is my recommendations. Usually you do three. No, I always do two. You do, you do three. I, I had one I have on the proof. Um, and mine are uh, because I'm trying to think of other movies that have either animation, some animation, or something where it's other. It's not our reality reality, and yet you are emotionally invested either because it's funny or it's sweet or you're identifying with these characters that are like not really human and the first one is avatar i know that it's the most basic kind of dumb story of all time like save the earth but i was so engrossed i watched it three times at the theater i rem- i re- if i'm not mistaken at least twice oh twice at the theater once we watched it and then watched it again we've watched it twice on blu-ray because there was a normal release and a special one and i saw it twice in the yeah. theater so i i was just Really, I was in, I was, as what I've always wanted movies and TV to do my entire life, I was a TV kid, like, big time, is to transport my brain, and I'm not an escapist kind of person with fantasy and fiction, but I want to go there. I want to have my brain go like this. What would it be like if I was really here on this cliff with this giant bird dragon thing, and I really had, and it does it for me. Like, I can somehow tap into that kid imagination again. And so Avatar is one of them. Bolt, which was a really fun animated movie. I think it's no attention. I think it's a bit overlooked. It is. It's really cute and it's sweet. It's got a little bit different vibe about it. Miley Cyrus is the voice. Yes. And it's like she's like an action TV star or something or he is. And then, of course, they get wrapped up in a real thing where she doesn't really know how to deal with it, but he has to save the day. It's from the people who did Tangled. Yeah, Entangled was really good too. That's yeah. another one, really good. And the last one is you're gonna say that's Fantastic a good one. Mr. Fox. That's so good. Yeah, stop I mean, motion. Wes Anderson. Yeah, it's so sweet. And I'm not a George Clooney fan, but he's just right for this part. And I was, I was transported into that world. I love and the uh, bandit mask. Is my favorite. It is when he comes about that all these guys suck on, <laughs> suck his, on his head. head yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. And uh, so and it's got that, uh, it's a Wes Anderson movie, so it, like the Royal Tenenbaums or any of his movies, it's got that feel to it, that weird, sort of like, anal... <laughs> like, a, like you're in someone's overly fancy parlor, and you're not supposed to touch anything. Everything's but very you can't help particular, it. like... You're yeah. like... You're in another world, and it's kind of precious. Moonrise kind of... Kingdom was another good one by him. Was, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, we both watched it. We reviewed it. Did we? Yeah, the one with the kid I... camping. He's a scout. Like... Moonrise really... Kingdom. Yeah. I have to look it up. Awesome it was. We both loved it. <laughs> um, so those are my recommendations. He was like a kid who's camping in the woods. I have to look it up. I don't remember everything. Yeah. I know. You do know it. You know it. So, uh, games and A-Scully stuff this week. Um, Sony had like a press announcement last week, but I forgot to mention it because our podcasts have been like in between. So, they announced the new PlayStation, which is called the PS4 Pro. And that will be out in November. It's $399, which is the price of the original PS4 when it came out. But they've dropped the PS4 now and, and made a slim version of it to $299. So there's this new version of I'm the... generous. There's this new version of the PS4 called the PS4 Pro. It's $399. What is different about it and why would you want it if you've already got a PS4? Well, it is aimed at people with 4K TVs. So what it does is it upconverts the games to 4K. Now, it's not like a real 
um, 4K console, though. It's kind of an in-between stopgappy type one, which mm. I don't really like. What it's doing is it's up-resing it, like line-doubling kind of thing. It's not a proper 4K image. It's a up-converted image, like when we used to watch DVDs up-converted to Blu-ray. It doesn't look quite yeah. as good as Blu-ray. It's like that. So It is the way for someone to make money in the meantime. It's the middle of the... It's We're doing the PS5 at some point, but right in between here when people are getting these 4K TVs, hmm, we could sell them this new thing that will support their TVs. Yeah, no doubt it's going to look a bit better on your 4K TV. Also, they say if you play it on a normal HD TV, 1080p like everybody has, it will make the games look better also. That's yet to be um, seen, I think. It might be a bit of a sell. I feel Sony need to sell 4K TVs and a new PlayStation with the word Pro on it will make gamers go, oh, well, I have to have the best one. They'll go and get the best one and then they'll need a new TV. So it's kind of an inroad for TVs. But the big disappointment about it, and this is the weirdest thing ever, Sony are the inventors of Blu-ray. They invented Blu-ray. And just recently, they invented UHD, which is the new Blu-ray. 4K Blu-ray. 4K UHD discs. Now, for the 4K discs, you need a new drive. So you need to buy a new Blu-ray player to plug into your 4K TV and play the discs in 4K. This PS4 Pro does not feature that. Which, to me, is like, uh, if you're going to make this new version of the PlayStation and you want to sell these new movies on 4K and these TVs, why isn't this disc player playing them? Like, it's just got a normal Blu-ray player in it. Cut to the other side of the fence, Xbox. They've just brought out a new Xbox, the Xbox S. It's an Xbox One with a 4K Blu-ray drive in it. And they're not Sony. So... If you need a console that plays 4K discs right now, you have to go to Microsoft. Not the inventors of Blu-ray and 4K. It, it just seems really odd. I think the reason behind that is this PS4 Pro, they needed it to be $399, otherwise nobody would even buy it. And if it was going to have a 4K Blu-ray drive in it, it would be $499, and that would be too high. I think they made a massive mistake. Sony, all the time, Throughout history of their consoles, when the PS, remember? When the PS3 came out, it was the best Blu-ray player around. There was no point even buying a Blu-ray player, just get a console and it has the best Blu-ray player. In fact, we still watch movies on our original PS3 downstairs, which has an excellent Blu-ray player in it. Has it ever had an issue? Never. It just plays the movie and it's perfect. The PS4 has a Blu-ray player in it. It's a really good Blu-ray player. The PS4 Pro does not have a 4K Blu-ray player. If you're aiming something at a 4K market, it it makes no sense. I don't even... I can't even comprehend why they did it, apart from the money thing. Uh, In about three months' time, I think this will happen. PS4 Pro... Pro... Proer will will appear, and it will have a 4K Blu-ray. It'll be 4.99. Or this scenario... They bring out an external 4K drive that can plug into any PS4 so you can play your movies. That is the better scenario because even somebody with a normal PS4 could play 4K movies. So maybe that's in the pipeline. Who knows? But this PS4 Pro, I have no interest. I'm not... We're not at 4K yet, are we? Average people haven't got to 4K yet. In about two more years people will have 4K TVs because when you go and buy a TV, there won't be any other option. That will be the only TV. 
right now, we've all bought 1080p TVs, high def. Yeah, I ain't buying another TV for a long time. I mean, you will when one breaks down. And what I'm saying is, the one we've got now, when it breaks down, you'll go to buy another TV. If all there is is 4K TVs, that is the time everybody gets 4K TVs, isn't it? Because, you know, it takes 10 years, really, for something to stick. Because everybody bought this, and then you can't make average people upgrade because they don't want to. But when it breaks, they'll go and buy a new one. So I, I think 4K is two years away, yet Sony feel like they need to do it now. So uh, the other thing I've been playing this week is Pac-Man Championship Edition 2. You saw a bit of that today. Yeah, mind-bending. Awesome. It's, it's when they say next-gen Pac-Man, that is literally what it is. It's, it keeps the old-school Pac-Man feel. You move Pac-Man around. There's nothing... You know, you move left, right, up and down. It's very, very simple. But they've added stuff to it. Like, it go. It's weird. I can't even explain what it does when you're eating the ghosts. It, <laughs> it, what does it do? Like, It's flat. Like a, It's a flat maze that you're running around, like a normal Pac-Man. But when you start eating the ghosts, it jumps out. It's like... It's almost like 3D, like the, like the maze tips on its side as like it's coming towards you. A tiny bit. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like a... You're a little overly in- interested than a little overly excited about it. I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I get it. It kind of tilted and then went back. Yeah, but it's very... Un- <laughs> it's, if you're used to normal Pac-Man, it's like a whoa. I'm used to normal Pac-Man as there's well. A, the Pac-Man theme in the background is... There's lots of different ones, but there's like dubstep and, and the colors and it's obviously high def. There has been a Pac-Man... Sh- Shit, Pac-Man Championship Edition. I've played tons and tons of it. It came out years and years ago. But this is the second version of it. And this version has like a story mode where you're making your way through this dungeon, which is really interesting for a Pac-Man game. Makes you want to play it more instead of, you know, just jumping in to beat your score every now and then. So that's what I've been playing this week. So, Sid Talk, what's on Svengooly tonight? Nothing. There's no Svengooly on a Wednesday. Feels like a Saturday, right? It does. But on Saturday, it will be... Oh god, I forgot the name of it already. It's right there. Man-made monster with our favorite, non-favorite, what's his face? Lon Chaney Jr. Correct. He's just not great. And uh, I'll watch everything that he's in. But Do you think in another 70 years people will look back on people that we think are awesome and go, oh, why would they see in those people? Probably. Um, and what's for supper, you say? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to Jimmy John's. I thought about cooking. Ooh, cooking. It's getting time. Don't really want to. Cook Tomorrow I will cook. Because tomorrow I was off. What were you cooking? Rice. Rice and vegetables. I've been looking through my 1,000 vegetarian recipes in my cookbook. And, oh my God, some stuff. I haven't cooked for so long that that sounds amazing. Anything. Anything. How that book sounds really good. And my advice is, this is going to sound unsettling to people. And I'm sorry if it makes you sad. I'm not really sorry, but I do apologize if it makes you sad. But this day and age... I've gone to funeral recently and then other people talking about, you know, people have died and then the people that are left, you know, you end up going through their stuff and you have to figure out if they haven't told somebody what to do for their anything. Like if they want to be cremated, if they want to be buried, do they want music, is there to be a service? Now, yes, it's for the living people. The dead person's not going to come back and complain or anything. But this day and age, (laughs) we have computers. We have phones, we have the devices where you can store information. Like you can make a little folder. In that folder, there's only, most people are going to have somebody in their life who, if I were to die right now, you would have access to my computer and everything 
look at anything. So to have a folder, like on my computer, around the desktop or something, that's like, <laughs> if I ever die. And inside that folder could be a text file that says, here's what I want done, here's what I want, this is the music, this is the thing, this is where I want you to dump my ashes, this is where I want you to, whatever. Or I want... A will, you mean? No, no, not a will. That's not a will. A will is like, who gets all your shit? I couldn't care less about that. A will also that. has messages to everybody, doesn't it? No. Yeah, it does. No, a will is just who gets what. Everything else is just bonus. Oh. Uh, extra. There's no like, hey, everybody, here's my will. It's not like that. I wonder if you can do like digital will now. Of course you can. Where, you, where the lawyer, video. when the lawyer pulls you in, you yep. play videos. Yeah. Yes. Lots of people do that. And that's another thing you can do. Make a video of you saying precisely what you want so that people can't dispute can't question, it later. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anyone in my life. Who wouldn't, who would do something weird or crazy that would be completely anti me? You know what I mean? Like, hmm. that I'm aware of. But I still think, and it's kind of cathartic because if you think about it and you kind of put it in that little folder and you say, this is the list of songs that I like and this is, if you're going to do a service and somebody wants to talk about some shit, here's the stuff that I'm really into. And if the person knows it, then that, it makes that experience for everybody who loved you a little bit more personal. I mean, you know, I just went to a funeral where it was, I laughed and I cried and it was so personal to the person. And I've been to other funerals where it was as if that person wasn't a whole person. That the service was generic and plain and they did all the things that I guess people think you're supposed to do for the ritual of, you know, moving on with our dead people. And you walk away going, I knew that person, right? So I, I get who they were, but if I were a stranger, that funeral service would have told me nothing. And I would like to think that if you're coming to a service after I'm dead, that that moment, that day can be something where you also have good memories and you think about me and it kind of encapsulates who I was, and then you move on. Next day, forget about it. Just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> but then that folder on your desktop or fold thing on your phone or whatever... And, you know, again, it's a grim topic, but if you start thinking about it, that the person left after you're dead is going to need to do these things, and if they have no guidance from you at all, it's extremely difficult because the burden of it, and it may not seem like a burden to the person who loves you, but the responsibility of now representing this person I loved somehow, some way, in a one-hour little thing ritual ceremony and and all of a sudden you start you know i've seen people question themselves and argue about it with someone else like no she wouldn't want that song no she wouldn't want to wear that dress no we shouldn't do that it should be at noon no it should be at five no it should be on a saturday and it's like if i just tell you and you have the information then you choose to do something different then like i said i'm not going to come back and argue with you but at least then you know what you know how things and it shouldn't be just because you find out you're ill and maybe you need to wrap things up. I mean, just any time. I don't plan to die for another 50 years, maybe? 60 years? That's oh. a long time. <laughs> but I can you can update it, whatever. I know it sounds weird, but if you're alone at your computer someday and you just this crops up into your head, especially if you have children who are going to have to be the ones who are dealing with a lot of the stuff afterwards, I say just think about it. All right, so uh, let me remind you about our websites, ascully.com, sitsaw.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this uh, podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or just go to ascully.com slash podcast and uh, listen on the page, subscribe on the page, do whatever you like. 
Email feedback to me at aschoolyacoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She uh, really hates you all. I do not hate anybody. And um, finally, stay classy, Mr. John Favreau. Really looking forward to what... Oh, he's actually going to appear in the next Avengers movie as Tony Stark's um, friend again. Which he's been out of it, hasn't he, for a while. Mm -hmm. But he's actually going to be back in it. So uh, thank you, Mr. John And I'm going to say, think for yourself or somebody's going to do it for you.